Welcome to the first episode of the Nations Blind podcast, produced in Baltimore by the National Federation of the Blind. I'm your host, Chris Danielson. It seems only fitting that we start this inaugural podcast with remarks from the president of the National Federation of the Blind. And so, without further ado, it is now my pleasure and privilege to introduce President Mark Riccobono. Thank you very much, Chris, and greetings, fellow Federationists. Welcome to the Nation's Blind podcast. You know, we in the National Federation of the Blind continue to seek new ways of communicating the message, the work that we're doing across the country to build opportunities for blind people to share resources. You know, the thing that makes the Federation truly unique and powerful is that we have the largest, most diverse network of blind people, I want to say really anywhere in the world, in terms of having individuals who are actively engaged, living the lives they want, and who at a moment's notice with an email, a phone call, will talk to another blind person about how it is that we do what we do to manage life as blind people and pursue our dreams. This podcast, The Nation's Blind, of the National Federation of the Blind, is meant to be another expression of that network. This forum is intended to take our communications into a new space. We've long written thoughtfully about blindness, and we'll continue to do that. And we've found ways to encourage blind people not just to think differently about blindness from the rest of the world, but to get out there and put that philosophy into action by living their lives. So thinking and also doing, and the doing helps us understand not just intellectually, but in our hearts what's possible for blind people. And the third element that we've always brought to the work that we do is teaching other blind people. Once we've gained some knowledge, some experience, passing it on to others because that's one of the real elements that helps us uh, cement it in our own hearts and minds about what's possible and what we can do. I see this podcast is a combination of those three elements. Uh, I hope that we'll talk about the thought pattern of blindness, both what it has been historically and what we have made it today and where we want it to go as our philosophy in the National Federation of the Blind, as rock solid as it is, continues to evolve with the changing society around us, but also that we'll talk about What are blind people doing? What are members of the National Federation of the Blind doing in big and small ways? Not just marching around Capitol Hill after a big snowstorm, but going down uh, to the market or uh, walking around the neighborhood and interacting with people just like everybody else does on a daily basis 
living the lives that we want, and having that be a living testament of the capacity of blind people. And that final element, teaching others about what we're doing and what we can do and what we must do to continue to raise expectations in society. This podcast, I think, is just the next uh, element in our communication strategy as we share with each other through the National Federation of the Blind our experience, our hopes and dreams as a vehicle for collective action and improving our lives and improving the lives of countless numbers of blind people who don't yet know about our organization. I, in the almost two years that I have had the honor of serving as president of the National Federation of the Blind, have made a monthly audio recording known as the Presidential Release. And if you haven't had the opportunity to experience the presidential release before, I encourage you to look that up on our iTunes feed, look up the presidential release, and the presidential release has a long history in the National Federation of the Blind. It first started in the early 1970s with Dr. Jernigan as an expression of the fact that we needed to speed up our communications in the organization. The presidential release first started by Dr. Jernigan when he was our president, was distributed uh, as a cassette tape, and it was faster than the communications we had at the time, and it was intended to be played in the context of our local chapter meetings. The presidential release still has that purpose, although mostly it's distributed uh, via the Internet or podcast feed today. And we still want it to be played at the chapter meetings. It's a way to bind our chapters together across the nation and share some common information. It's simply too difficult th these days with all of the forms of communication we have to hold everything to an audio recording. We distribute a lot on email. We distribute a lot through social media. And we have a diverse membership of blind people who are very plugged into social media and, and others who are new to blindness, who maybe are older, who uh, still primarily use the telephone as their means of communication, who may not even have email addresses. So we need to figure out how in this diversity of people have many ways of communicating. So I'm very excited about this podcast. The last thing I would say about it is this. It's got the title Nations Blind, and that's because our organization is an organization of blind people speaking on behalf of blind people, and we take that very seriously. And that means this podcast should evolve and become what we want it to be as blind people and as members of the National Federation of the Blind. I'll need your feedback and our editorial team here, Chris Danielson, our director of public relations, going to need your feedback about the podcast, things you'd like to hear, topics you'd like explored. We may not get to them next month necessarily, but feedback is very important in crafting the message and the topics that we cover on a month-to-month -month basis. And I see this very much evolving, certainly as things are as come up that 
are timely. We're going to want to cover those, and there will be some things that get to the thought process of blindness that have nothing to do with necessarily the day-to-day victories of the Federation this particular month, but are more standing the test of time. Your feedback is going to be important in that, so I would encourage you to send an email to podcast at nfb.org. We're also going to be sending up a voicemail box here, so if for whatever reason you do not have an email account or access to email, you can still call in with your ideas. Nations Blind, our organization has been blessed to have many great leaders over the decades, but the thing that continues to be true about our organization is that it is powerful because it is the voice of many blind people. Collective action brought together with representative leadership. And so your involvement, your active involvement in our podcast will help us craft this communication tool in a way that truly allows us to raise expectations and build opportunities for blind people. I look forward to this podcast series, what we're going to do with it, what we are going to do with it as blind people, and to the new patterns of thought, action, and teaching that come out of this new communication venue for us. Thank you very much, Chris, and I look forward to the rest of this episode. Thank you, Mr. President. I'm Chris Danielson, and you're listening to the Nation's Blind podcast from the National Federation of the Blind. We'll be right back. The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness is not the characteristic that defines you or your future. Every day, we raise the expectations of blind people because low expectations create obstacles between us and our dreams. You can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. To learn more about the National Federation of the Blind, visit www.nfb.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nation's Blind podcast from the National Federation of the Blind. I'm your host, Chris Danielson. As you know, this is our inaugural podcast, and so we thought we would have a guest who could talk a little bit about the history of the National Federation of the Blind and where we are now, and where we may be heading as we go into the future. And so you're now going to hear part one of an interview with Mary Ellen Jernigan, the wife of our late leader, uh, Dr. Kenneth Jernigan, who you'll hear a lot about in this segment, and an outstanding leader in her own right who has been around this great movement for many years and has really fascinating and interesting thoughts and perspectives on our past leaders, our past history, and where we're going in the future. So enjoy part one of our interview with Mary Ellen Jernigan. Mrs. Jernigan, welcome and thank you for being part of our first podcast. Glad to be here. I'm so uh, privileged to be able to speak to you, and I just wanted to ask you a few questions uh, to kind of uh, put uh, where we are in perspective. So you wrote for our 75th anniversary book, uh, Building the Lives We Want, on the subject of the radical shift 
that the Federation brought about in thinking about blindness. Now, obviously, I'm urging everyone to download the book immediately and read your outstanding essay. But can you sort of give us a brief teaser for it? Sure. Uh, I titled that essay, Quantum Blindness. And I did that because what I did in that was to use the emergence and development of quantum physics that took place in the oh, beginning in the 1920s as a metaphor to describe the emergence and development of the Federation during roughly that very same time period. So what happened in physics at that time is that as better observation and measurement of the way objects in the physical world really behave became possible, it became clear that what we've always called Newtonian physics, and that physics had been believed for centuries, and that physics formed the whole underpinning of modern science, it became clear that it just wasn't true. It wasn't correct. And the fascinating thing about what happened when the new theories came about was that they were extremely controversial and that the experts, including uh, the famous, brilliant Albert Einstein, for quite a time couldn't bring themselves to abandon the old beliefs about reality even when the facts and new observations just didn't support those beliefs. Now today, uh, quantum physics is mainline accepted theory as to how the world actually works. And as I thought about that, the parallels with the emergence of the Federation are so unmistakable that it's almost uncanny. So what the essay does is to uh, draw that out in some detail. Now, the only difference between us is that unlike quantum physics, our understandings of reality as they relate to blindness aren't yet mainstream. There are still Einsteins, or I probably should say uh, would-be Einsteins. <laughs> uh, Think they're Einsteins, right? <laughs> who have not yet given up their unsupportable beliefs. And that's, that's our history. That's what we've worked on for 75 years. That's what we continue to work on. We'll get to be mainstream one of these days, but we're not yet as mainstream as quantum physics is. Right. We're getting there. It's really an outstanding essay, and I urge everyone to read it, um, and it especially introduces well what our thoughts are about blindness. So let me move on to our three long-serving leaders that we've had in the National Federation of the Blind before President Riccobono, who we... I presume you mean Dr. Tenbrook, Dr. Jernigan, and Dr. Maurer. <laughs> that, that's correct. That's correct. And, uh, I mean, there are other long-serving leaders, but, uh, but the uh, presidents uh, were who I'm referring to. And I just thought I'd ask you 
what do you think each of them uniquely brought to the movement? Obviously, Dr. Tenbrook was a founder, so that's one thing. But what do you think each of them brought to the movement or sort of how do you see each of their roles in our history? Do you want a short answer, a medium answer, or a long answer? <laughs> well, um, gosh, uh, it's hard to say, but maybe maybe try for medium. All right, let's give it a try. First, Dr. Timbrook. Uh, again, sort of thinking back to what happened in quantum physics, Dr. Timbrook saw that the existing thinking about how to deal with problems relating to blindness was not working and was not in accordance with his own observations. And so he set about finding other blind people who saw things and experienced things in the same way as he did. And then he set up a structure for changing the existing paradigm. He recognized that if you were going to get information about problems blind people faced and what the solutions to those problems might be, you needed to get it from blind people. Now, this shouldn't have been rocket science to figure <laughs> out, but the ancient fears and misconceptions about blindness have been so embedded in culture and society for centuries that it was a controversial idea. And it also was an idea that outraged those who regarded themselves as the experts and benevolent caretakers uh, of the blind. And to some extent, I think it outraged them because they felt that the blind were being ungrateful for the generosity that had been bestowed upon them. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, since blind people are part of that same society and culture with those same embedded beliefs, it was controversial among blind people. Sure. So, so setting up the organizational structure and shepherding it through those fledgling years until it had enough depth to survive until others came along to help, that was an enormous, enormous accomplishment. And uh, you know, one tends to say, okay, you, you know, you set up an organization, but you have to realize the context in which he set it up and the, simply making it survive was no easy task. Because it was under attack for, for a lot of that time. Very yeah. definitely, very definitely. And then I guess the second thing to say about Dr. Tembrook, he was a brilliant legal scholar and he began laying out the basis in law as opposed to the basis in, say, charity and benevolence. The basis in law that the blind have the right to live in society as a right, as a basic right, not as a matter of charity, not as a matter of benevolent caretakers. You know, you could say many, many other things about Dr. Sure. Tembrook, but if you wanted to distill uh, two things that really marked the early Federation and his leadership in it, those are the two I would choose. That was part one of our interview with Mary Ellen Jernigan, 
We hope you'll tune in for part two when we make it available as bonus content on our website. You'll hear some great stories about Dr. Kenneth Jernigan, including how he liked to spend a Sunday morning, and you'll learn the one piece of advice that Mrs. Jernigan would give to anyone planning an affiliate convention for the first time. So be sure to stay tuned for part two. I think you'll really enjoy it. And in the meantime, that's our first show, and we sure hope that you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and as President Riccobono said, we want to know what you think. So please send us your questions and comments. You can do that by sending an email to podcast at nfb.org. You can also find us on Facebook as National Federation of the Blind, on Twitter as NFB underscore voice, or on YouTube as Nations Blind. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. I'm Chris Danielson, and we'll talk to you again next month.